Hey, welcome to the Anesthesia Clerkship Podcast. My name is Blake Burney. I'm a third-year medical student at UBC's Southern Medical Program. The purpose of this podcast is to review high-yield topics you'll encounter on your anesthesia clerkship rotation. My hopes are that you'll be able to listen to this during your commute, when you have a lull in your shift, or when you're working out. Hopefully, we'll be able to introduce you to some new topics, or refresh your memory on topics that you've already been exposed to. These podcasts aim to be relatively concise, and sometimes we'll mention topics that we'll need a whole other episode to properly discuss. In today's episode, we're going to focus on the preoperative assessment. Let's set the stage. It's your first day on your anesthesia rotation. You just introduced yourself to your attending, and they ask you to go down to Bay 55 to do a preoperative assessment. They say, pay close attention for any anesthesia concerns. I'll meet you down there in 10 minutes to review. So what is a preoperative assessment? What are the key areas that we need to focus on? There seems to be an acronym for everything in medicine, and I'm not usually a fan of them. However, it is important to have a systemic approach so you don't miss things. Some institutions may have pre-printed forms with all the questions that you need to ask, which will make life really easy. But it's also good to have an approach so you're not reliant on a template. I personally use the acronym YAMPLE. It's like sample with a Y in the front. Y-A-M-P-L-L-E. You don't necessarily need to do everything in this order or use this acronym, but you should be able to collect all the information covered by this acronym. I don't have a letter for the basic things you should already be doing. Introducing yourself, washing your hands, taking note of the vital signs. Please don't send me an email telling me that you failed your OSCE station because I didn't tell you to check the vitals. So for our acronym YAMPLE, the Y stands for why are you here? I'm not telling you to walk into the room and blurt out why are you here? This is just a reminder to figure out what surgery they're here for and why they're having it. Next, we'll move over to the anesthetic history. Has this patient ever received anesthesia before? If so, do they know what kind? Did they have a breathing tube inserted? It's good to clarify this for expectations. Perhaps they've had an epidural in the past and are now needing a general anesthetic. Two very different procedures. Regardless, did they have any issues with the anesthesia in the past? Listen closely here. This can be very high yield information And if the patient perks up and says, oh yeah, the doctor told me something about me being a difficult airway, this is very important to note. Some hospitals will actually have alerts in place that patients are able to be flagged if they have a difficult airway. This is really a conversation for another episode, but knowing that they have a difficult airway in the past will change management plans. Perhaps the anesthesiologist may choose to do an awake intubation. Other common issues to watch for are post-operative nausea and vomiting. Finally, Ask about if they've had any personal or family history of complications with anesthetics. You're essentially screening for malignant hyperthermia or pseudocolonesterase deficiency. These conditions will change the medications used during induction or maintenance of anesthesia. That concludes the anesthetic history. Next, we'll move on to M, which stands for medications and allergies. This is pretty self-explanatory, but don't forget to ask about it. You'll also want to ask if they've taken their medications today, and if not, when they were discontinued. This is especially important for anticoagulants and certain blood pressure medications. The next letter in our acronym is P, which stands for past medical history, and I also lump in a focused review of systems and calculating the ASA score here. Start by asking if they have any chronic medical conditions. You especially want to focus on any neuro, respiratory, or cardiovascular disease. After recording their past medical history, I'll then inquire about cigarette usage. Have they ever been a smoker? If they're currently a smoker, Did they stop at all before the surgery? And if they are an ex-smoker, calculate how many pack years they've smoked for. Next, I'll screen for alcohol usage and recreational drug usage. Using large quantities of alcohol or drugs such as opioids 
can impact the dosage that will be required for different medications used during anesthesia. The next thing I'll do is screen for a metabolic equivalent of TASC, also known as a MET score above four. The easiest way to do this is to ask, are they able to climb up a flight of stairs without needing to take a break or getting out of breath? If they are unable to do so, uh, this indicates that they have a MET score of below four, which is associated with higher risk of a perioperative cardiovascular or neurovascular event in non-cardiac surgery. If the patient has a MET score below four, and is booked for an elective surgery, the anesthesiologist may opt to delay the surgery and improve the cardiac functioning prior to the surgery. Therefore, this would be important to highlight to your attending. Next, you'll want to screen for obstructive sleep apnea. You can ask if they've ever been diagnosed or tested for sleep apnea. If they do have sleep apnea, do they use a CPAP? And if they do use a CPAP, do they happen to know what pressure they program for that? If this patient looks like they're at high risk for sleep apnea but have never been tested for it, you could use the acronym STOPBANG and screen for the different symptoms. I'm not going to go through this, but I would encourage you to Google it if you're not already familiar with this scoring system. Finally, I'll go through my review of systems. If the patient is previously healthy, I'll be very brief in this section. However, it's always good to be in the habit of screening. For neuro, I screen for strokes, seizures, large brain injuries. For MSK, I ask about any previous C-spine fractures or surgeries, do they have any decreased neck mobility, and do they have any myopathies. For respiratory, I ask about COPD, asthma, any recent upper respiratory tract infections, as an infection like pneumonia, even if they've recovered recently, their airways can still be hyperreactive. For cardiovascular, I ask about any heart issues, chest pain, syncope, dyspnea, history of MI. If they have had an MI, I go a little bit deeper. When was that? How was that treated? Was it with a cabbage? Was it with stenting? And importantly, uh, really paying attention if that MI was within the last six months because you have a higher mortality going into surgery if you've had an MI in the last six months. You can ask about arrhythmias or signs of congestive heart failure if you think this patient might be at risk. Next, I'll move on to GI. I'll ask about any liver disease and also ask if they have any acid reflux or GERD symptoms. You're really looking for severe GERD here. If they're telling you that they have reflux symptoms every time they lie down, uh, this is a patient that will be at higher risk for aspirating during induction, so you'll want to take note of that. You can then ask if they have any renal disease or issues with kidneys in the past. Pay attention if they have chronic kidney disease that is stage 5. Ask when their last hemodialysis was. Um, for a patient with CKD this severe, you'll often want to avoid giving succinylcholine because that can increase their potassium. As far as endocrine, I'll ask if they have any diabetes, thyroid issues, have they been on steroids in the last year. For the steroids, if they've had large doses of prednisone for multiple days, uh, you'll often want to stress dose them with a steroid for the procedure. As far as hematological, do they have any bleeding disorders? Were they on any blood thinners? Do they have anemia? And then finally, I'll screen for dental, which is kind of a unique screen for anesthesia. And I'll ask, do they have any caps, crowns, or dentures? This is because laryngoscopy carries a risk of damaging the teeth, and you'll want to inform patients that if they have these multi-thousand dollar um, dental procedures, that there's still a risk that the teeth could be damaged. One of the larger studies that I read on this suggested that it's approximately one in every 4,500 procedures that teeth were damaged, so it's important to let the patient know that there is a risk associated with laryngoscopy. Finally, I'll ask about a height and a weight to calculate BMI. 
Okay, so you've collected a lot of information at this point, and you can now calculate the ASA score, which is the American Society of Anesthesiologists Physical Status Classification. Briefly, it's a six-point scale, and you're using this to risk stratify patients. Um, if they ever inquire, this actually used to be used for billing purposes, but now it's more so for risk stratifying patients. An ASA score of one is a healthy individual. An ASA score of two is somebody with mild to moderate systemic disease that does not impact their functioning. This would be somebody that has medically controlled hypertension. An ASA score of three is somebody who has severe systemic disease that impacts their level of functioning. This could be somebody with COPD who has decreased exercise tolerance. An ASA of four is somebody who has a severe systemic disease that poses a constant threat to their life. An example of this would be somebody with unstable angina. At their baseline, they have a threat to their life. An ASA of five is somebody who's in critical condition. You'll hear the word moribund patient. They are not expected to live for more than 24 hours without surgical intervention. Finally, an ASA of six is a patient who has been declared brain dead and whose organs are being harvested for donation. Next, we're gonna move on to the L in our acronym. So there's two L's. One is, when was their last meal? So how long have they been NPO? And then the second is labs and investigations. As far as being NPO, you'll generally wanna screen if they've eaten today. If they've had a really large meal today but need emergent surgery, uh, obviously you're not gonna try and reschedule that surgery. So they'll go through something called rapid sequence induction. We can talk about that in another episode. As far as labs and investigations, you'll wanna go through the chart, see if there was a CBC done, was there an ECG, a chest X-ray, recent stress test or echo, and if so, you'll wanna be familiar with those. If you're wanting to be really keen on your rotation, you can find the slate for tomorrow's surgeries and look up all those patients the night before. You can look up their labs, their investigations, what their past medical history is, and then you can kind of use these to formulate an idea of what risk factors they have for tomorrow and how that might impact the anesthetic plan. The final letter in our acronym is E. This stands for exam. At this point, you'll do your airway examination and your focused cardiorespiratory exam. We're going to leave the specifics of this for next episode. Okay, that was a lot. No wonder we use a template. I'm going to quickly recap the pre-op assessment. Our acronym is YAMPL. Why? Why are you here? What surgery? And for what reason? A. Anesthetic history. Have you ever had anesthesia before? Any issues with it last time? Any family medical history of malignant hyperthermia or pseudocolonesterase deficiency? M. Medications and allergies. P. Past medical history. Don't forget to screen for sleep apnea, smoking, drugs, alcohol, and a MET score above 4. L. When was their last meal? Second L. Any labs or investigations? And finally, E. Do your airway and CVS exam. And that wraps up this episode. Thanks so much for listening. If you have any feedback or comments about the episode, feel free to reach out via email. The email address is anesthesiaclerkship at gmail.com. I hope that you'll join us next time, and until then, good luck on your rotation.